0: Good evening, everyone. Good Thank good you evening. so much for coming. What are the knowledge-acquiring senses? I'm sorry? What are the knowledge-acquiring senses? Knowledge-acquiring senses? We have five knowledge-acquiring senses, right? Yeah. By which information comes in. So how does information come in? What well, comes into the eyes. You can you see something, this. you can hear something. But aren't those the same then as the the other the active senses? The working senses? No. It's five knowledge acquiring senses and five working senses. The working senses don't acquire anything. They just they just oh, like they the just move us along things. like we we consume something, so we eat. That's a working sense. Mm. So it allows us to consume. And we can grab something. We can move from one place to another. We have to procreate. There's no knowledge in that sense coming into the body. And we have to evacuate. Uh So, five working senses, five knowledge acquiring senses. Knowledge acquiring means we experience something that we can have cognition of. We can hear sound, we can see, see form, yeah. we can yeah. smell, we can taste, yeah. and we can feel. So. so then there's the five objects of the knowledge Right, right. That's what we went over last week, and we'll summarize that this week. But yes, and we have, as far as the constituents of Maya, which are not the energy... Uh, the hmm? These are the Upadhan. Right. Right. They're not. They're not the Namita. The Namita is more or less uh, the energetic source, you could say. There's little distinction. In fact, in summing this up, what we'll come away with is this: the understanding of how closely related our experience is in the material existence with with the fact that this is all Krishna's doing. Let's just go through this last Anocetha and then we'll, we'll... This is the last of this section. So this 48th through 55th Anocheta of the Paramatma Sandarbha is dealing with these two aspects of the Lord's external energy, the Namita and the constituent Upadhan. So this is the last of those, and then we'll try to do a little bit of a summarization. Because we've when we look to the what do we want to call it? The instrumental aspects. Jiva up to this point is Has pointed in, pointed this in not differing directions, but he's, he's unfolded differing meanings for what this, what this instrumental cause is, as opposed to the constituent cause. So this will kind of bring in some more aspects of that, and, and then he's going to move on to how the material manifestate, how the universe manifests. So this is a this is a pretty extensive section of the Paramatma Sandarbha dealing with the material manifestation. Well, that's because we're pretty much invested in the material <laughs> manifestation. So we might as well understand where we are uh, and how it's related to to Krishna and to spe- specifically with the Paramatma feature of Krishna. Uh, and maybe with that knowledge will assist us. In uh, seeing Krishna everywhere within the material manifestation, which is a, which is actually the starting point, that uh, where Sukadev Goswami started with Maharaj Pariksit, if you remember back to the beginning of the second ganto, that's where where Sukadev began. He instructed Maharaj Pariksit you know, wanted to know. Uh, you know what's the best thing for one to do, and specifically for one to do at the time of death, and it was to meditate. But he started his instructions on meditation with the universal form. So his approach was was rather yogic at that stage. To you know, this is what the yogi does to to see God, to to recognize God everywhere, and Of course, he has to employ those steps of yoga, yama, niyama, asana, pranayama, achihara, you know, jayana, uh, ending in samadhi. But he starts out with the neophyte yogi starts by seeing the Lord in the constituents Of the material energy. That's where he starts. Then he progresses. To that he progresses. In that meditation. From that meditation. To meditating on the Lord. In the heart. And if he can't. Visualize. The spiritual form of the Lord. In the heart. Then he goes back. He he should go back and start over again. And and. Stick with the stick with where you where you are. If if all you can see is God in His energy, then see Him there, and then try to see Him sitting in your heart in His spiritual form as Paramatma, with all of it, with His helmet, His His jewelry, His fine cloth, and you know. And if you can gradually meditate on Him in your heart in His spiritual form and Rise that spirit. And then, where do you start with that spirit? Well, you start with the feet, and then the ankles, and then the calves, and then, the, you know. So, it, it starts there, this whole meditation. We shouldn't, we shouldn't, although we're engaged in, the, in in bhakti, it is bhakti yoga. We're meant to come to a stage in bhakti where we enter into samadhi. Now, our samadhi, you know, it's funny. At one point, I don't know what we I was discussing with Guru Maharaj, but he said, "Well, you need to," you know. He said something like the, the, talking about how deep we can go in in devotional service, and he said, "Well, I don't think many of my students will reach samadhi," you know. In other words, yet, but that's that's what our objective is. We're we're meant to enter into samadhi. Samadhi is a is a preliminary stage where you can begin to visualize, you know, uh, the aprakat, the unmanifest leela of the Lord within your heart. That's a really advanced stage of meditation. You know, we have a hard enough time visualizing the deity as a spiritual form and having our mind adapt to the fact that that's Krishna up there. And he he does dance. I just can't see him dance. But he does dance daily on the altar. I'm just not seeing. So, you know... What to speak of seeing Krishna in my heart? I can't even see him dancing on the altar yet, and he's taken an, an apparent material form. And you know, and the Guru has requested you come into this form and he's there, okay, I'm here. <laughs> but he's not talking to us. Thank God. <laughs> if he was taught to talk to us, I uh, Oh, my God, we wouldn't get out of the room. It would be so much that, you know, he wants. He's God. We're feeding him, you know, a couple times a day, maybe. He could eat all day. He should be dressed all day, every day, three times a day. Mm -hmm. You know, we dress the deities here, you know, one time. In the beginning, the standard was very different. The deities... You had to dress them in 45 minutes. When I first started, I would go on the altar and I would dress, you know, Radha or Krishna at Nuvrindavan, Radha Chandra, and it was like 45 minutes, 45 minutes, and I'm like, I'm lost. And Mother Katila's done. <laughs> <laughs> I say, Could you finish up for me, please? Oh, sure, <laughs> done. So, yeah, it's yoga. We're meant to enter into a state of, of continual, perpetual consciousness of the Supreme. And here we are struggling with our senses, you know. So, but that's, it's this is bhakti yoga. And and we should, is, is, the more we can remember that, you know, the better we'll serve our, our advancement. And entering it, you know, even the all this detailed yard is meant to to put us in a state of constant remembrance of what we are and what we aren't, and uh, you know, it's it's enlivening to 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 think about that regularly. So let's see what Jiva has to say here. He's going to wrap up now. This one. Part, not section, part, with the 55th section of his Paramatma Sandarva, Divisions of Nimita and Upadhan. And now we're going to get into a discussion which will take us closer to understanding Paramatma's play in all this. More he has a more direct play in all this. That now Jiva Goswami is going to bring that out. The Namita part of Maya, Jiva says, should here be considered in the following way that energy which, in its capacity as the effective cause, Namita, is properly known by the appellation Maya, is seen to have three dimensions as knowledge, cognition, will, volition, and action. Of these, the first, mayas form as Parameshwar's cognition, yon, is spoken of in the third canto. Then he brings in a verse from the third canto. Fifth chapter, a greatly fortunate one, This very energy of the all-witnessing Paramatma, which is of the nature of the recognition of Sat, the visible and the effect, and Asat, the invisible or the cause, is called Maya, by means of which the omnipresent God, Vibhu, fashions the cosmos. So Jiva's going to start here with, with this with presenting us with the knowledge of how the paramatma feature brings about the material manifestation and how as a byproduct of his willing and his cognition and his action we maya acts in a way that affects us and and we use our little bit of. We 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 have cognition. Remember those intrinsic qualities again. We have we we are an agent of action, and we experience. We have a, a, the capacity to experience. In his commentary. So in this section, Jiva's really relied a lot on Sridhar Swami's commentary to bring out the points. In his commentary, Swami writes, This very potency called Maya is of the nature of recognition of the distinction of seer and seeing. Here, sat means the visible and asat the invisible. The word atma means having that nature maya is in essence both sat and asat because it is of the nature of the recognition of both so this recognition to re the manifestation of the universe brings about this this aspect of the being of Paramatma. What's being spoken of here esoterically is the fact that the Paramatma manifests the universe into the seen and the unseen from, well, from, from Brahman, right? Paramatma, you can imagine Paramatma situated in Brahman, there's no manifestation. There's just his spiritual awareness. But then he manifests this. He remanifests because it's a continual mm-hmm. cycle. So, recognition. He again separates asat and sat. That which can be perceived from what cannot be perceived. Before that, it was just his unmanifested potentiality of material manifestation. Maya is spoken of. Maya is spoken of as the form of Parameshwar's volition, Icha, in this chapter. Prior to the world's appearance, there was only Paramatma, who is the very self and the regulator of all living beings. At that time, the self was not characterized by the distinctions of seer and seen. So in the unmanifest state, there's no distinction between seer and seen. Since the will to manifest creation was dissolved, Anugatau in him. At the end of the last manifestation, he wrapped it all up. So the distinction between seer and seen was dissolved. In, and now it's now this itya volition, brings it about again. He has a desire. Commenting on this, Sridhar Swami writes. The will of Paramatma to enact the creation here refers to Maya which has enfolded within him, meaning that it is dissolved in him. So this desire is to again manifest Maya. And that desire is what's called itcha. volition, yes. Will. He will First, there has to be the willingness to do something. So, Jiva Goswami continues in his Anacheda. Maya's form as Paramatma's, Parameshwar's action, Kriya, is to be seen in the verse from the 11th canto, cited above. And then he goes back to the very first verse in this section, talking about we have described this tricolored Maya of Bhagavan that creates sustains and dissolves the universe so the action is the actual manifestation so first there's the willingness the will of the paramatma to manifest it to actually separate separate what is not distinct when it's wrapped up so he 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 first he desires to separate And then he engages and the material energy begins to manifest. As Parmaswara's own direct cognition and so on do not belong to Maya, but rather to his Swarup Shakti alone, still they function in the world specifically for the sake of his devotees and not for the purpose of material operations. It is only incidentally that they also support the work of creation and so on. This will be discussed later, Anachetas 100 through 104. The Gyan, Icha, and Kriya that are aspects of Maya are indeed different from those that belong directly to Parameshwar but being conjoined with the semblance of his functions, they are referred to by the word Parmaswars, Gyan, and so on. We come back to the Gaudiya perspective, which is Jiva's perspective, which he can support by Scripture. So, we accept it. Guru Sadhu Sastra, he's saying that the only the real background, the purpose for the material manifestation is also the Lord's Swarup Shakti in relationship to his devotees. It's a very unique contribution when we look at the material creation and we look to this Paramatma Sandharva and what Jiva. Jiva concludes, and he mentions it here, I will we'll discuss this in the future, Anachetas 100 through 104, he wraps up the whole anuchaita, saying, the whole reason for the material creation is, I want to facilitate my devotees so that they can make further progress in devotion to me. So therefore, if if, if the last Cycle of universal manifestation concluded without different devotees having fully purified themselves to the state where they could enter into a relationship with their istadev, whatever that may be, brahmayi, paravamayi, bhagavani, Subjate, We're not going to get picky here. This is a general general mana, general introduction to spirituality. So Jiva here is talking to all Vaishnavas or transcendentalists. Now we're going to go on to another Sandarva after we finish this where he's going to make the case for Krishna's 2 Bhagavan Swayam. He's not making that case here. He's making the case for for a general understanding of the material manifestation. And as far as why Krishna is is the best is the Dev, why you should worship Krishna, while the why why that transcendental enjoyment as a devotee of Krishna far exceeds all the other manifestations of God to which you could have devotion he'll deal with that later. So here he's saying specifically, again, even in the middle of this Paramatma this is the reason. This is the reason for the manifestation. He goes on. As such, Parameshwaras, now he's separated now. In other words, he said that the, 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 The jhana, icha, and kriya that are within Parameshwar are his his swarup shakti. In other words, it's part of his intrinsic nature. And his intrinsic nature is, is what? It's displayed in relationship to his devotees. So, Jiva Goswami goes on and he's, now he's going to make a distinction. He's going to separate the true, the two manifestations so that we can understand how that energy kind of leaks over into the material manifestations, modes of material nature, so to speak. As such, paramaswars, Jhana, Icha, and Kriya are of two types one which is grounded exclusively in him being an inherent part of his intrinsic nature and the other other situated in the jiva being bestowed by him. Remember, the tathasta shakti is what? It's a shakti of paramatma. So, it is paramatma and it isn't paramatma. So, it's not that the jiva is not ultimately a manifestation of Paramatma's energy. Thus, in the last Anucheta, what was the emphasis that jiva put? Put that emphasis on the fact that in the ultimate issue, the jiva is pure. Because, well, it's, Krishna's energy, it's pure, it's 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 a manifestation from him, of his conscious energy. But we buy into impurity and accept it as ourselves. But it really has nothing to do with our true nature. Being an inherent part of his intrinsic nature and the other situated in the jiva being bestowed by him, the first category takes the form of the recognition of seer and seen, Gyan, and and, uh, the intention to create the world, Icha, and the cosmic influence of time, Kala, and so on, Kriya. And the second category is in the form of conventional knowledge and ignorance, Gyan. Conventional meaning what we normally think of knowledge and and ignorance within the modes of material nature. Now we've already introduced that prior to this point, that knowledge, there's knowledge within the confines of the modes of material nature which will take you so far. But it's not the same as Absolute spiritual knowledge—it's limited to the confines of our capabilities, independent of the Swarup Shakti. And that knowledge and ignorance is a Namita aspect of the Lord's external energy. Ignorance leading to bondage, and knowledge leading to the door of liberation. That's as far as it can go. There has to be the true ingress of bhakti, bhakti-shakti, no matter what the spiritual discipline may be, right? No matter what the discipline, no matter what the objective, no matter what the, the intent of the one's worship or or practice or endeavor is in spirituality it can only take you so far with and it it for its perfection you need to have the ingress of at least a little bhakti even for the jnani. at least a little bhakti even for the yogi for them to attain perfection there has to be some bhakti and so on, kriya. the second category is in the form of conventional knowledge and ignorance. The desire for enjoyment icha that's our our volition. Our willing is to enjoy or avoid we want to enjoy something and we want to avoid we we want to enjoy, but we want to avoid any reactions that may be the consequence coming because of that enjoyment. So we're, we become selective. And we become selective according to what? How much we're in ignorance or knowledge. And really if we look at that ignorance to knowledge, we can see that it's colored by what? The three modes of material nature. Goodness, passion, or Ignorance goodness being at the top of the knowledge scale and ignorance being at the bottom of the ignorance scale. that's <laughs> Nimita, so it's kind of like another thing on the Mita side. Yes, yeah. yeah, like we said last week, the last class, the Mita. Now the definition of Pradhan, the Upadhan part of Maya, is given. Then he quotes from the third canto, 26th chapter. That which constitutes the three gunas, which is eternal of the nature of cause and effect, and although devoid of manifest attributes is the source of the specific attributes of its effects, is called avyakta, the unmanifest, pradhan, the preeminent support, and prakriti, primordial conditionality. Again, these words are used differently in different contexts, so we shouldn't be hung up so much in the nomenclature. But here, in this particular verse, they're used in this context. Specific attributes of its effects. of yakta, the unmanifest, Pradham, the pre- preeminent support, and Prakriti, primordial conditionality. And you'll really be excited by the next Danocheta, where he begins to to take the same terminologies and say this one can apply here, here, and here. This one can apply here, here, and here. This one can only apply there. You know, so, Jiva, you'll you'll be amazed at the way he brings out. So the fact that we're confused at some times, which is the, the way these specific terminology are used in the Bhagavad in differing verses, we go, wait, what are we talking? Is this spiritual? Is this material? Are we talking about material nature, spiritual nature? And, and Jeevas, in the next Anachet, he's going to say, well, they apply here, here, you know, he's going he's to really confuse us a little bit more before he's going to unravel that confusion. So we shouldn't be overwhelmed by that. So he gets it all. No, he gives it all. We just have to be in a position to take it all. I think that's a better way to look at it. That which is a conglomeration of the three gunas, beginning with sattva, is verily called Avyakta, Pradhan, and Prakriti. Of these appellations the reason why it is called avyakta, the unmanifest, is because it is devoid it is of distinguishing features, avesha, avisaysha, I'm sorry, meaning that because the three gunas in it are in a neutralized state, it is without manifest qualities. For the same reason, it is understood that it also takes the appellation of yakrita, without any modification. So again, he's speaking here of the fact the material energy is is not in a manifest state. And therefore, these these words are used. Mm. And now he's breaking them down. The first one being avyakta is the unmanifest state. Avyakta, not yet, not yet beginning to show the reason why it, why it is called Pradhan now remember these three appellations are what?
1: Upadhan
0: hmm? Upadhan the aspects of the upadhan. yes, they are that so he's, he's breaking down that now the definitions of Pradhan, the Upadhan part of Maya is given so, in the first, what is that? Well, it's, it's spoken of differently. It's called avyakta, the unmanifested. It's called pradhana, the preeminent support. It's called prakriti, primordial conditionality. So, first he says, the avyakta is the unmanifested material potentiality. Then he says, the reason why it it is called Pradhan, the same thing, what are we talking, we're talking the material, so the next thing is, the reason why it's called Pradhan, the preeminent support, is because it is inclusive of varieties. Meaning that, because it is the support of its own evolutes, beginning with Mahat, which are distinct categories, it is superior to them. The reason why it is called prakriti, primordial conditionality, is because it is of the nature of cause and effect, sad asad atmakah, meaning that its essence, atma, or in other words, its intrinsic nature, swarup, is to adhere in all causes and effects because it is the primal cause of all subsequent causes and effects beginning with mahat. So what we're talking here is the evolution of the, the 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 evolution of the material manifestation and how in its different stages leading up to a complete material manifestation its the nomenclature applied in the is different. So first there's the potential of yakta. it's not manifested but it it has all the it has all the potentiality to show itself and it's there and then it's then it's predawn when it's it's now a little further along i guess we would say Um uh, it's incl- it's inclusive of varieties it says what does that
1: mean inclusive
0: of in other words the the varieties are it includes all the varieties Unmanifest means there's nothing there. Pradhan means it's there, but it hasn't yet shown itself. So it's inclusive of the varieties that will be manifest later. And then once we start to see the manifestation, earth, water, fire, air, you know, all this conglomerations coming about, which we'll be going into in the next Anocheidas, Once we start then we call it Prakriti, the Lord's material energy. So that's why these nomenclatures are used in relationship to the material manifestation. Moreover, Jiva Goswami continues if we haven't understood it up to this point, it is eternal tzya because during the dissolution, in other words, the Lord's energy, matter, his material energy, is eternal. But sometimes it's unmanifest. sometimes its potentiality is starting to is starting to, ha- is starting to, to build per dawn and sometimes it starts to flower into the material universe. It flowers and on top of a flower specific flower you have a brahma and then he he begins the what is called the material manifestation creation we call him the creator because the duration because during the dissolution it remains situated in its own ca- causal state together with all its parts and during the periods of creation and sustenance it remains in un modified form because it is devoid of compounded parts. Thus it is distinct from the nature of Brahman as well as from Mahat and so on because on the one hand Brahman is devoid of the gunas and on the other hand Mahat and so on are effects in relation to the unmanifested prakriti. Perdon's being of this nature is also stated in Shri Vishnu Purana. Here I think we're talking about a subtlety in the fact of taking us and, and giving us a conception that this is all coming from the Lord's energy. We shouldn't see it as separate from His energy. It's He's manifesting it. So sometimes we hear statements like the material manifestation is, is coming from Brahman. Brahman is that unmanifested, un, what do we, we don't say, it's manifest, we don't say unmanifested, what we say is Brahman has undifferentiated. 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 It doesn't manifest any specific characteristics. So, Paramatmas, it, what this Aniceta began with was what? That, that aspect of the Lord's volition was, was what? It was to make the distinction between Sat and Asat, the manifest and the unmanifest the seer, and the seen. Now he goes to a, a quote from the Vishnu Purana. That Pradaan which is unmanifest in the cause and is called subtle Prakriti by the best of sages, it is eternal and of the nature of cause and effect. It is imperishable, has no other support, is immeasurable, does not become old and is changeless. It is devoid of sound and touch and remains uncompounded into any form. It consists of the three gunas, is the source of the universe and is beginningless. During the dissolution, it is the source into which all generated substances are reabsorbed. And after the dissolution, it pervades everything in the beginning of a new creative cycle. That's referring to the material aspect of the lord's energy material energy maya what we call maya it, it in its in its state of potentiality it's dawn. it's and even when it's when the material universe is, is manifested it it pervades everything it is the material the, well we say what do we say? The Lord has three general categories of energies. His internal potency, his external potency, maya, and his intermediary potency, the jiva. This very Pradhan, which is the subtle state of beginningless, which is the subtle state of the beginningless universe, having names such as Avyakta and Avyakta, I'm sorry, Avyakrita and Avyakta, Manifest, unmanifest. Is acknowledged as being under the control of Parameshwar even by all Vedantins. This is in accordance with the Sutras such as Pradhan is capable of bringing forth its effects specifically because it is under the control of the Supreme Person. The opposition to the non-theistic Sankhya doctrine, and then there's a little discussion here of... uh, the Sankhya philosopher's viewpoint. Jiva Goswami completes this Anaceta and in the Vitara Upanishad the word Pradhan has been used for Prakriti. He, Paramatma, the controller of the Gunas and the master of Pradhan and the Jiva, Shaitrajna, is the cause of bondage to the world. The sustenance of it and liberation from it. So this Anocheta kind of wraps up the two constituent parts of the Lord's material energy. And Jiva will go on from here. In the next class, we'll begin with a recap of everything that Jiva Goswami's presented in this section so that we can Again, try to get a a better, a more um, comp- comprehensive understanding of what is the constituent part and what is the instrumental part of Maya. It's kind of hard because they're so they're so tightly bound together, but. The material manifestation is coming about because of the thinking, feeling, and willing of the Supreme in relationship with his devotees. As a byproduct of that desire on his part, according to the Gaudia perspective, as other transcendentalists would would. Would have probably a different perspective as far as that, but we see everything from from Jiva's perspective, from the perspective of Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu, who's empowered the Goswamis to 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 give us the most comprehensive uh, understanding of spirituality from the position of the Lord Himself when He comes as a devotee. I mean, it's an ideal perspective. If the Lord Himself comes as a devotee and it gives us an example of how to think, feel, and will as a devotee. So He's coming as Lord Chaitanya, He's showing all you know, both externally and internally, the purposes of His manifestation. And then He's 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 instructed the Goswamis into the the proper understanding of his Vedas, the proper understanding of his Vedanta Sutra, which he's himself authored as Srila Vyasadeva, and the natural commentary on that, all that spiritual knowledge and how to conduct how to conduct and know Sambandhagyan, how to work as a devotee. Abideya, and what to attain, prajjan. Krishna himselfs come to to give all that as Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he's himself is giving us this essence of 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 sambandha gyan Well, specifically here we're getting it from Srila Jiva Goswami. So, what is the sambandha gyan according to Krishna himself, as a devotee. So, what's the best way to understand all the scriptural conclusions? Well, if God himself says, for the devotees, this is the best way to understand the scriptural conclusions, then, I, in my opinion, it doesn't get any better than that. So, we'll do a little summary, at the beginning of the next discourse, and... And we'll go on into how the universe actually is coming. After we get a a lesson in in all the different terminologies and how they're used and which ones are applicable to which aspects of the Supreme, whether it's his internal, his margin or his external energy, and it's quite interesting. because even when you're reading Bhagavatam, it's like these terms are used like in so many different ways. You want. Can you ever? No, it's, yes. it's Krishna's, you can and you can't. We can <laughs> yes. say that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave 64 explanations of the mm-hmm. Atmarama verse, mm-hmm. Atmarama's Chamunayo. So the great Munis see you know the great thinkers they 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 look like this. so much so many different ways can be seen this is the nature of sabda sabda is is the same as krishna he's constantly manifesting himself you're never going to come to the end of any 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 specific aspect of the supreme mm-hmm. you're never going to say well that's as far as it goes yeah. His earrings only get that beautiful. They don't get any more beautiful than that until somebody sees them in a different light or from a different angle, from a different bhava, in a different setting of leela, in a different, you know. So, yes. you Can you get to an end of a, even a, a full understanding of Krishna's earring? I don't think so. So, can we get to an understanding of something as vast and and uh, overwhelming to us as his material manifestation and how it comes about and, you know. No, but we can get to a pretty good understanding to know that it's not ourselves and it is a manifestation of his energy. And uh, so we'll go as far as, we can fly as high as our, Qualification at this point in time allows us, and as time goes on, we're going to be flying higher. And the higher we fly, the different, the the more different our vantage point is going to be. It's going to be more comprehensive, mm-hmm. and the 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 finer the discrimination is that we develop, or we could just jump to the Bhagavad Gita. And Krishna says, "What need is there for all this detailed knowledge? With a simple spark of my splendor." I pervade and support everything that there is. Well, if that's all you need, that's good. <laughs> but we also should worship Krishna with our intelligence, and that's mm-hmm. why we have these classes on. From the and
1: this is how you learn what a spark of a splendor is.
0: How it's it's a spark that's that's extremely. So I
1: was on the question, the, the uh, three gunas are they in the um, then, or is that? Not the case.
0: Well, the three gunas, the manifestation of the modes of goodness, passion, and ignorance. The gunas, they pervade everything, but they, they manifest as an. They're coming out of the instrumental aspect of Maya. Yes, oh, yes, they're cool. coming because they're influent, they have an influence, mm-hmm. right. the other is a constituent. we have the material aspect and the and we have the energetic aspect and the material aspect, with the karma, with the good, yeah, and we'll go over a recap oh, of all that, sorry. yes, You're but really yes, the three, the three the yeah, three so. the three modes of material nature are are coming out of because we're classifying things as being under those to a greater or lesser degree mm-hmm. according to what? The influence of, of ignorance or knowledge. Right, this is tied with... Okay, that makes a complete war. Okay, thank you.
1: I'm sorry. I, there, at the end there, you said the material manifestation is coming about because of the Lord's thinking, feeling,
0: and willing in relation to his devotees. But then, as a byproduct of that and that's where I kind of it's a byproduct of that we have the material manifestation right. for all the the you know in other words, the primary the primary reason is to facilitate his devotees mm-hmm. from the Gaudiya perspective. the secondary manifestation is
1: right
0: his is. Is the material manifestation that all the other living entities who haven't turned their consciousness towards God, they're they're involved in uh, enjoying His external energy. Do you have any no? no,
1: so I have a this question is bothering me now. Um, so the Jiva the is pure and. Um, and the primary reason for this whole experience we're having is um, so, Krish, So we can. Um, what was it? What was the primary reason? That, um, in relation to his story, is thinking, feeling, and willing. In relation to And uh, the primary so reason. Krish, to, uh, for manifesting this this whole material. Oh, the benefit, it's it's benefits. Benefits. So the benefit of so it's 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 the benefits. The So the body can continue to the... To to turn turn. Yes. And to yes. So, um, um, and yet, the Jivas, the Jiva's pure, and the material, this whole material experience, is not... Um, it has nothing to do with our spiritual character, our, our suru. So, when we come into this environment, we are taking on the, 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 the like we said, we, we, um, we become influenced by our environment, so we take on, we act according to our environment. Correct. And when we get placed in the, under the Swarup Shakti, we take on that character, or whatever that environment uh, right. wants, needs of us. So to me it seems like it doesn't make sense why we would have to go through this whole experience in the first place. <laughs> because, <laughs> <very effective. laughs> because it doesn't make any sense for... because this has nothing to do with that.
0: Has nothing to do with what? With the Swarup Shakti. Like, yes, it does. Well, Krishna, likes to, Krishna likes to show compassion. So he shows his compassion through his devotees he has to give the devotees a, if we want to take this totally to the Goldia to the Goldia viewpoint yes. he has to give his devotees a playground and where where they can where they can manifest their compassion so we can look at the whole material manifestation as as a as a field of activity for the devotee who is that Facilitator of the compassionate nature of the Supreme. So there's a whole material universe. There's uni- there's living entities who are buying into a false sense of self, who the devotees can um, can show the c- compassion to and bring into a turning of consciousness to their actual self from the illusion that they've adopted and. To a realization and a revelation of a loving exchange with the Supreme. Now, I think it, from Jiva's perspective, he would say, "Yes, that's you could look at the material manifestation as simply it's the Shristi Leela of the Supreme." But who, who's he facilitating? He doesn't discriminate himself. He doesn't. Otherwise, he'd be he'd be seen as partial. Bhakti comes through his devotees. His devotees are partial. He's impartial. Their impartiality is expressed in terms of they're worshipping other devotees and showing respect to them. They're showing compassion to the innocent and they're avoiding the, those that are uh, advert, totally adverse at this point to the Supreme. Now, we can look at material creation as that. It's spoken of in general terms in relation to the Supreme Lord as his Shristi Lila, his His Leela of showing compassion. But he doesn't show the compassion himself because then we'd say he's partial. Well, you put some here and you didn't put others there. So, we could say, well, he's actually He's doing it because... He wants to facilitate his devotees who want to show how, how how sweet he is and they manifest their compassion. There has to be somebody there to, to receive their compassion. So we'll stop there.
1: Okay.